When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Penn State has to shake off a loss to Ohio State last weekend, and so do fans. It's time to change the page. We're now taking a look at Indiana, the next game coming up for Penn State on the road in Bloomington to help us do that and get an inside scoop on what's going on with the Hoosiers this season. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star and a special guest coming up next on the BWI Daily Edition. Welcome to the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Zach Osterman and my booking agent got us a special star for the show. Zach of the Indianapolis Star and his son, uh, Eamon, are with us today. Uh, Zach, thanks for making time for us today, and thanks for uh, doing double duty. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for, thanks for having us. Uh, so let's talk about Indiana. Let's uh, go through some of the things going on in the season. 3-0 start and then a five-game losing streak. Can you set the scene for what's gone on with Indiana so far this season? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely not been the season I think anybody hoped in Bloomington. Obviously, Indiana had a really, really difficult season in 2021, a season of great expectation relative to what's kind of normal around here that – that crashed hard and there was a lot of soul searching in the off season and therefore a lot of encouragement, even through some of the imperfections of a three and O start, um, you know, Indiana trailed for a lot of the second half against Illinois. Um, they needed frankly, a very unlikely sequence of events to beat yeah. Western Kentucky. That's my son showing off his water bottle. Um, but they were three and O after a two and 10 season. And I think they felt good about that. And really kind of what's happened since then, primarily, it's not the only thing, but primarily the offense has just stalled. They only scored 14 yeah. points against Nebraska. Um, you know, if you you look at some of the games they would have expected to be competitive in, they they actually kind of had control of the game against Maryland, got some points on the board, but could not put the game away, uh, even with Talia Tagovailoa out with injury. And then the Rutgers game before the bye week, going up 14-0 and only mustering three points the rest of the the, the uh, the game. Walt Bell is their first year offensive coordinator. Obviously his offense has not, you know, just sort of caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, yeah. There's things he could do better, but frankly, also, I think there are, are some personnel issues with this team that I, I would not be shocked if frankly, some things got shuffled during the bye week because it's clear Tom Allen is, is frustrated with that side of the ball. So let's, let's start there. What are some of the things that you're eyeing coming out of the, uh, the break that you, what are you alluding to there? Yeah, so um, I, I would expect to see Indiana's kind of done some rotation along the offensive line. I would expect to see them go with some of the younger guys just more consistently. Josh Sales at right tackle, Khalil Benson at right guard. Um, I think they're going to continue. And this is not just since the bye week. This has been the last few weeks. They would very much like to see Jalen Lucas get the ball more. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, either in sort of wide receiver situations. He's a running back by trade, but he's yeah. very much just sort of one of those playmakers in space kind of guys. Hyper elusive. He is fun very, and, and very fast. I mean, like very, very fast. One of the few guys on that offense, frankly, that has genuine like raw speed. Yeah. Um, that's If you want to talk about shortcomings of the offense, that's one of them. Um, 
the big question we all have is, is are we going to see a change at quarterback? Connor Bazelak is, is not, you know, solely responsible for everything that's gone wrong with this offense this season. Um, but he's, he's obviously as a quarterback shares blame in it. He's got one of the lowest, I think he has the lowest completion percentage among qualified passers in the big 10. I think the second lowest passer rating, mm-hmm. he's just never found rhythm. And now you're in a situation where you're, your number one receiver, his favorite target camp campers out for the year. Would they shuffle at quarterback Tom Allen? You know, we talked to him on Monday. He said, um, that basically every spot was up for grabs after Rutgers. They evaluated everything and every one. We asked, are you going to, you know, does that mean quarterback might get shuffled? And he said, well, you're just going to have to wait until game day to see, which was the same tack he took in the preseason when he said a couple weeks out from the start of the season, I know who the quarterback is. The team knows who the quarterback is. The staff knows who the quarterback is. You're going to know when they trot out. And Indiana, to their credit, managed to keep that secret for two weeks, which is is difficult in the modern era. But um, if they do make a change, and, and this is is really a speculation, if they do make a change, my suspicion is they would go to Dexter Williams. He's technically their third stringer. He's a redshirt sophomore. Um, he's the one that is is far and away the most mobile of the three yeah. guys in that group. Um, he's also probably got the most arm talent in terms of the ability to push the ball down the field. He has never taken a snap in college. Um, he was an early enrollee who wound up Indiana's backup quarterback by the end of the 2020 season that I imagine fans will remember went so well for Indiana. Um, he almost got into the game at Wisconsin, but never did. Then he tore his ACL in the following spring. He missed all, uh, you know, a whole year and he was, he wasn't even really full go this past spring. So there's a lot of talent there. And this is a kid that I think was kind of identified even coming out of high school. He played small school ball in, in cent, uh, central Georgia as being one of those sort of, He's very raw, but there's a lot of intriguing tools here kind of players. Right. He has never taken a snap in college, and even more than that, he's, he's had a very sort of broken up kind of couple years here because of the ACL tear. But even in the preseason, when we could get people to talk about him, I mean, you know, Walt Bell, I think at one time just unprompted said, Dexter Williams is going to be a really good football player someday. So if there is a change, there's a lot of respect for Jack Tuttle, and I don't think that they would pass him over just because he's announced he's going to transfer after the year's over. I think they would pass him over just because if you are going to make a change at quarterback, you need to go with the guy that is going to introduce a different sort of di- dimension to that position. And, and, that- and it, fe- it feels like that's something that this offense needs, just watching it and watching how up-tempo, spread, RPO, read option, like they do a lot of things that play off one another, but one thing that I've noticed feels like it's missing is that that quarterback run threat. So is that is that a large portion of your thinking there that they need that not just to avoid pressure and and stuff like that, but also to add a different element to the to the game? Or is it is it really just kind of going with the future and going with the upside play? It's probably a, a again. This is if they make a change. And I mean, listen, right. I, I, you know, we did our podcast on Monday, and I said we're we're not going to speculate much on this. And then we talked about it for twenty minutes. So you know, it, it, <laughs> we do it, that all things, the time, <laughs> right? Like, I I don't want to. I want everyone to understand up front. Like, this is this is sort of a if this happens kind of discussion. And there's every chance it's it's Bayslack on, on Saturday, and and it's status quo. Um, if they do make the change and it is Dexter Williams, it's probably a bit of both. I think they want more quarterback run. I think just generally they just they, they need a little more dynamism in the run game. They're not yeah. going to be able, you know, the the this offensive line was not recruited to this offense. And to some extent, Indiana has always 
wanted to run an offense like this under Tom Allen. Tom Allen's had four different coordinators in six years. You know, one got fired, one retired, one got a head coaching job. So we're talking a, a, an array of sort of success stories here. They all yeah. ran a pass first spread tempo offense, not one that runs this fast, though. And I think that's a big part of the issue is you've got an offensive line that was not recruited maybe to play as as quickly and at times as nimbly and therefore maybe a little bit smaller than yeah. what some of these guys are. I'm not saying that, you know, the old Georgia Tech 250 pound crazy splits option line, but but in a line that probably could stand to be a little bit smaller and a little bit quicker on its feet than what this one has been this year. Um, so when, when you talk about adding the quarterback run element, yes, there are schematic advantages to it, and possibly. There's also just the element of it adds a dimension to an offense that is struggling to block some very fundamental things right now. Yeah. And if you can throw that quarterback run element in there, you can get Dexter Williams on the move, but you've got to respect the fact that if he breaks the pocket, it might not just be three or four yards. It could be 10 or 12 um, because he is, you know, genuinely more athletic. Not that base lacks not base lack can move in the open field. He's not a statue, but Williams is more athletic. And then the other part of it is that I think that is, this is in, in this is speculation on top of speculation. Sorry. There you go. Eamon. Um, but this is speculation on top of speculation. But the other part of it is I do think Williams has the strongest arm of the three. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that just... vertical threat is something that clearly is a part of the, that that piece, too, because, you know, from what I've seen of this offense, it's very lateral in terms of all the things we just discussed. But then to get those one on one opportunities and then go over the top, that seems like that's been inconsistent. Is that a fair way to characterize that? And it is. No, I think you mentioned the receivers, too. Like, how do they fold into that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the trouble. I think that's fair. I think that this is very much kind of the old middle Tennessee. Like, that's where Walt Bell went to school. Well, like, I find Walt Bell fascinating because he's kind of he's part of the first generation that grew up on the on this kind of spread. You know, people yeah. were putting together kind of the air raid for a while. Um, but, you know, the, the, the idea of being a generation of players that came up in a fully matured air raid system then absorbed all of that and then went and took that into their own coaching careers and started coaching with that he's kind of part of that first generation and it is very much the old sort of you know larry fedora middle tennessee state you know go horizontal to get vertical offense yeah. and go really fast run as much as you can don't be afraid to pass a lot etc the issue you have a little bit is I don't know if Indiana's got the receivers yeah. because to go vertical, you've either got to have really big bodies that can win those one-on-one -on -one matchups, which was in fairness, what Cam Camper was really good at. Hello. Or you've got to have speed. And yeah. obviously Camper's out for the year. There's a couple other guys in there. Anderson Kobe has flashed Donovan McCulley, who is obviously a, a really well-regarded quarterback commitment uh, coming out of high school, asked to move to receiver in the spring. He's flashed. He's six foot five. He's big bodied. He's, you know, he's not just long, he's strong, but he's still figuring out how to play receiver. Right. But Camper was your best deep threat. And, and not necessarily because of his speed, but because of his ability to win those one-on-one -on -one matchups. Now that he's gone, it does leave open that kind of, you know, that, that, that just those questions about, well, uh, is this still going to work? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how far the quarterback can throw it if the receiver can't win the matchup down the field or whatever. So it's there's no perfect solution to this. If there was, Indiana would have chosen it a long time ago. But I do think out of the bye week, at very least, you're going to see some noticeable changes. 
you know, something as dramatic as quarterback, we'll see. Um, and the other part of this too, if we, again, speculating about the speculation, if they do go to Dexter Williams, I could be totally off base about a lot of this stuff. We've never seen him play a snap in college. He could right. be a, 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 we've seen him in camp and stuff. And I can tell you what kind of quarterback I think he is, but it's possible there's stuff about him that, that I got no idea about, you know? And, and so it, it, there, there's just, there's a completely different look to it when he gets in the game, if he gets in the game. So this is a perfect game because Penn State fans want Drew Aller to play and uh, we don't know anything about him. And sounds like Dexter Williams is kind of the same situation. So if if the fans got their way for this game, it would be the unpredictable coming up between Penn State and Indiana on the road. Uh, any other thoughts about the offense? DJ Matthews uh, seemed like he started the, the, the season pretty well. I know there was a hamstring injury. Just in general, the, the injury situation on an offense, how much has that frustrated this whole picture you've been talking about? It definitely has. I mean, Camper also missed time with an illness um, that that really kind of slowed him down. Camper and Matthews were Basilek's favorite targets. Camper was a JUCO transfer. Matthews is the most experienced guy returning from last year by far. Um, I think Matthews has been working his way back up, but Indiana has not found a way to get him back in. Now, mm-hmm. he's another one of those guys where, you know, he's, he's a lot smaller, but he can stretch the field. He's he's very he's, he's small, but he's very quick. He's very elusive. Um, so I think that that you know if there is a world where you kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater a little bit during the bye week and and just decided to scheme up some different things, like I, he's he's almost certainly always going to be lining up in the slot. But could you send him on vertical routes? Sometimes possibly. Right. Um, but you know he's I mean he's one of the guys alongside Kobe Emory Simmons, who Penn State fans will remember. Um, and I would say McCulley, I, I keep coming back to McCulley. Um, he's one of the guys that I think Indiana just has to look at now and say, A, on the one hand, how do we get more out of him? And B, on the other, just sort of sitting him down and saying, we need more out of you, whatever it looks like. Matthews, to be fair to him, has been trying to get back to full strength. Hamstring injuries can be a real pain. Yeah. Uh, no, no pun intended at all. He has clearly gotten stronger. You can see it in in his routes, his explosion, things like that the last two or three weeks. But I still don't think he's necessarily what you would consider absolutely full strength, full go. And for, as you mentioned, uh, a receiving core lacking speed and and really lacking a bona fide playmaker with camper out, it kind of feels like the field shrinks on Indiana offensively. So doing something to open it up would make sense coming out of the bye week. How do you view the Penn State defense before we move on to the Indiana defense, kind of that matchup? What are some of the sticking points you see for Indiana and, and maybe some advantages Penn State could take in this game in your view? You know, I mean, it's it's not Penn State specific. Um, there is an old Kevin Wilsonism that that I, I, I hold kind of true, um, which is – you know, early in Wilson's time at Indiana, obviously he'd come from all those great offenses at Oklahoma. And we were asking him to kind of define his offense and, you know, it's sort of like spread tempo or I forget exactly what the the, the, the the context was. And he said, your offense is what you can block. You can call your offense, whatever the hell you want. You can, you can line up however the hell you want. If you can't block it, you can't run it. And too often, this year and last year, frankly. I mean, this has been a, a two-year problem. Frankly, if we're being honest, even back to the 2020 season a little bit, and a lot of those guys are gone, you know, in terms of like the turnover on the the, the line just because guys graduate and move on. Yeah. Um, but 
even back to the 2020 season, Indiana has had some real blocking issues. And it it, it was a an enormous problem last year. I think they're better this year than they were last year, but not by a ton, certainly not dramatically. And that's been borne out in how kind of impotent this offense has been at times um, and how it's gone through just long stretches of just can't, not being able to construct anything meaningful, even to flip fields and things like that. Right. So, you know, we can talk about, I mean, individual players if you want, but ultimately, especially with these next three games, I guess probably really these next four games, Penn State, at Ohio State, at Michigan State, Purdue. Um, I mean, I, I just need to see better from this offense, frankly. Um, or, or excuse me, this offensive line. Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. But it, 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 it that's that's not Penn State specific, but it has mm-hmm. been an issue against basically everyone this year. Certainly everyone they have played in the Big Ten, with the possible exception for stretches of Maryland. Um and unless or until that changes, either because some things improve, and this was Rod Carey's, you know, bye week. He's the, the interim offensive line coach. Um, they fired their offensive line coach earlier in the season. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll talk about something more interesting to you next. Um, he doesn't but, like talking about the Indiana offensive line, apparently. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was born in the South, so college football is my thing. But he was born in Indiana, so maybe he's just <laughs> he's just ready for basketball season. But you know, Rod Carey had had the bye week with the offensive line. Maybe some things have changed, um, or at least improved. But whether it's Penn State, Ohio State, whoever, until this offensive line is just more consistently competent, it's hard to kind of say, well, this is a good matchup or this is a bad matchup because they have just struggled so much along the line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what about the defense then? Because this is a Tom Allen's baby, you know, coming from the defensive background he has. He's given Penn State and Sean Clifford fits over the years. This team doesn't look all that similar to what I've seen in the past, you know, when I watch them on film. So especially in the secondary, is there something going on there or is it just kind of the same kind of copy and paste some of the issues of personnel from the offensive side to the defensive side? It's funny. Like the secondary is kind of the great mystery of this team because we thought it was, you know, Tom Allen's best defenses have always been really good and really experienced in the secondary. And this secondary got back some key pieces from last year. Jalen Williams, Taiwan Mullen got healthy. Devon Matthews got healthy. Um, it has not been what we thought it would be. It has not been the strength we thought it would be. Um, there have been some good moments. I think Josh Sanguinetti has had a decent year. I think Jalen Williams has been fine, uh, although he's been kind of banged up the last few weeks, missed some time. 
Um, you know, Taiwan Mullen has, has not necessarily been what he's been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Indiana misses Jamar Johnson at free state. And, you know, it, it was hard to see this last season because there were so many injury issues on that defense that you just kind of couldn't say, oh, well, obviously the problem is the all-American safety that went to the NFL um, because there were just so many holes everywhere. Now that Indiana's healthier in that secondary and they, and Jamar Johnson's obviously still gone, he's, he's still in the NFL, I think you can see how much he did for them in 2019 and 2020 that they haven't been yeah. able to replace. They also haven't been able to generate a consistent pass rush. They've had some good games in that regard, but not a – you know, certainly not a, a, a pass rush, and especially without Cam Jones, who's their yep. best linebacker and is probably still out this this week. Um, they've not been able to do kind of the, the creative Tom Allen blitzing packages that maybe bring three linemen and two backers and drop a lineman into coverage and create some chaos and really confuse a quarterback. I think that, you know, Indiana had success with that in the 2020 season against Sean Clifford, against Justin Fields, uh, yep. against uh, – I guess it was Joe Milton at the time at Michigan um, – because the secondary has been shaky, they have struggled to, to fix, you know, kind of really get creative with some of the, that other stuff. And listen, it's one of those where it can go both ways. Like it, it can be on the one hand, well, if you could create more pressure, then maybe the secondary could be better. But if the secondary could be better, you could be more creative with your fronts and your blitzes yeah. and things like that. But it's never so, been about I mean it's never been about the pass rush to me for Indiana. Like they've been able to generate pressure, but it's always been about the secondary and what they well, can do in that it's, in that sense. It's, it's been about kind of this combination of a secondary that can play particularly what they, you know, kind of um zone coverage with basically emphasis on the eyes on the ball. I yeah. forget what the exact term Tom Allen uses is, but the idea is basically you accept that every once in a while you're gonna get beat deep because you always want to have your eyes on the ball so you can make a play on the ball when it comes. They have just, you know, maybe to some extent, they're also just not, if you know, defenses, especially at places like Indiana and especially against modern offense kind of live on the razor's edge. You know, yeah. you're, you're, I mean, Tom yeah. Allen, Tom Allen from the day he walked in the door as defensive coordinator has made no bones about it. You're going to give up some yards. Like you just, you can't in modern college football, you cannot expect to hold teams to 200 yards a game. It does not work that way anymore for the vast majority of programs, not just the Indianas, but we're talking all, but the, you know, the elite of the elite, you've got to yeah. be prepared to give up some chunk plays, some yards. It's how you combat that with what I guess we've, we have taken to calling habit plays on the other end tackles for loss. Yep. Sacks fumbles, pass breakups, all those kinds of things. It's possible that as much as we talk about, oh, what's wrong with Taiwan Mullen? What's wrong with Devon Matthews? You know, maybe Indiana's just losing some of those coin tosses too. You know, that, that there are ultimately going to be some of those coin toss plays and sometimes you win them. And, you know, sometimes over the course of the season, you win a bunch of them. So then you, you start to believe you're going to win them. And then suddenly yeah. it kind of expands, you know, I think about that 2020 season where Indiana scored points off like its first like nine turnovers created. And it just sort of became this thing where it's like, well, you know, Indiana just believes it's going to score anytime it creates a turnover. Um, you know, it's, it's possible that some of this is just, we can talk, it's, it's like baseball where you can throw out like WRC plus and war and like Babip and all this stuff. And every right. once in a while, it's just like the wind moved, you know, like right. it, it's like it, the wind was blowing that way when the pitch was thrown and then it stopped. And so, yeah, 400 foot homer became a 390 foot flyout. Sometimes it's just that simple. There could be some of that involved here too. Indiana is undeniably giving up too many explosive plays. This, this offense is designed to allow yards. It's not, not that or defense, excuse me, not that any defense is, but it really cannot accommodate 
giving up tons of explosives because yeah. because it's going to take those risks. It can't be losing those risks so consistently or, or not paying those risks off so consistently. And that's, I think, the one issue you run into more than anything else with that secondary. But it is because this is kind of a defense that is that wants to be really creative and aggressive in its front six. I mean, like there was a – I think it might have been Maryland at home. Um, Indiana had like Maryland like third and 18 on the two. Yeah. With the backup quarterback in, and they still blitzed. You know, they still they still sent like six. And yeah. it's just like but that, but that's what this defense wants to do. It it wants to be creative. It wants to bring pressure you don't expect. It wants to bring pressure when when and where you don't expect it. Um, and so it can be a little bit of a chicken and egg thing of, you know, well, if the secondary is better, then you can be more creative in the front. But if the front's better, then the secondary is not getting exposed as much. But yeah. to go back to the original point, I'm rambling. That secondary has been the the great, you know, kind of the, the the great puzzle of this team because we thought it was going to be kind of the piece you could count on the most, and it just hasn't worked out that way. Yeah, the, the names and the faces when I was going through and, and checking, you know, who's back, and I was like, oh, all these guys I remember. And this was a this is it's always fun. I I really like watching what Tom Allen does defensively, and uh, you know, kind of in, in that vein of just. a a touch disappointed what I saw because of what we just talked about. Another aspect that I did notice is uh, tackling. How has tackling affected this team and how much of an issue has it been this year? I mean, they can certainly be better. Um, there have been a couple games. I think Nebraska comes to mind where it was a, a more glaring issue. And listen, I mean, you know, the, the other thing is Indiana. I mean, they lost a couple of really good tacklers, Michael McFadden. I mean, the, I don't know how you quantify this other than just with, stuff like tackles and tackles for loss, but like Micah McFadden might be the best pure tackler that I've ever covered in 15 years covering IU football in some shape or form. I mean, he's outstanding and you can see what he's doing with the giants as a fifth round pick and a rookie to, yeah. to kind of prove to you what kind of football player he is. Um, you know, on the other hand, I mean, some guys have stepped up. Aaron Casey has been really, really good and, and has, has ensured that the, the dip sort of post McFadden, who is so important to this team, is not as pronounced. Um, I think that secondary could be better tackling, but it's, it's, you know, it's not, let let me put it this way. It's not a situation where it seems like the defense is getting to the ball a lot. And then the problem is guys just aren't getting to the ground. That happens sometimes and they could be better. And you can also just say, well, sometimes the, you know, the guy you're playing is a little bit bigger, stronger, more athletic, whatever. Um, They need to be better tackling, but I, I don't think it's a situation where like, you know, that's number one on the list and, and everything else is a distant second, third, fourth. I think it's it's all kind of layered into a defense that I think you're not wrong in saying, um, you know, really, we didn't think going into the season Indiana was going to be dominant defensively, but it seemed like there was a, a real stage for a resurgence on that side of the ball that probably happened like for a little bit, yeah. um, but ultimately was not sustained into October and is, you know, part of the reason why Indiana is where it is. I mean, like if nothing else, Indiana should at minimum be four and four right now. Um, they should have beaten Maryland. They had no business losing that game. You can probably make that argument both offensively and defensively against Rutgers as well. And so you wind up where you are for Indiana. And I don't know how you square that circle, but it's it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 been a defense that for the most part, from what I've seen, has gotten a lot out of not as much. And and the talent gap has always been a thing. And and not to be you know, disrespectful, but that's the reality of, of kind of college football. And, and that's that 
edge, I think, and the way you the way you phrased it earlier, if you're going to give up some points, you're going to give up some yards, that's baked into kind of the understanding, but the explosive plays and things like that. Um, it's just been it's been fascinating. Watch and study and learn and, and appreciate the insight into it. You did say like tackling may not be high on the list. What would you say is higher than that? Um, knowing we discussed the secondary, is it just that, or is there other things? It's, that you it, think I mean, it, it's all the stuff that you kind of layer together with the secondary in particular. And I, I can pull up the numbers like while we're talking. Like, I mean, first of all, you know, Indiana is eighth in the conference in sacks. They, they average two sacks a game. It was closer to three for kind of the first half of the season, and that has slowed down. They're fifth in tackles for loss, which is solid. Um, they've regressed a little bit in that or slowed down a little bit in that area. A lot of that probably has to do with Cam Jones. Cam Jones yep. is, yeah. is a very important player, and he's been hurt. Um, and then, I mean, the, the being – where are we? Where are they? Tied for 12th in turnovers gained. Um, again, in a situation where I think they had seven or eight through the first three games, and they've only got 10 now. You know, this isn't this is a defense. Listen, every defense wants to get sacks, tackles for loss, turn the ball over, whatever. Um, Indiana's tenth in opponent long scrimmage plays. They're ninth in opponent long rushing plays. That's ten plus yards. Um, they're eleventh in opponent in ten plus yard passing plays allowed. Tenth in twenty plus yard passing plays allowed. The point I'm trying to make is every defense wants to do that stuff. This one, though, is designed to take risks specifically to create those opportunities and to gotcha. allow for the fact that if you allow, if you give up 430 yards in a game, but you turn the other team over three times and sack their quarterback five times, then you probably gave yourself a really good chance to win because the yards won't matter as much as the field position, as much as the, the momentum changing plays as much as the possibility of a defensive touchdown, that kind of thing. And I think that's, that's where the, the it, it's, if you're going to live on that razor's edge and you keep falling off of it, then, you know, it, it just, it goes back to like you, you need those low sort of low, low percentage, high leverage moments to go your way. Right. And uh, you know, if, if you can't do that, then stuff like tackling is going to become more pronounced as an issue because suddenly it's like, well, this defense is, is built to allow some yards, but now you're allowing even more yards because you're missing tackles and you're not turning the you know, the other team over and all that. And it's listen, the other part of this is Indiana has been, I mean, the complimentary football has not been good, you know, and, and Indiana fans have said, well, why don't you slow the offense down? You're losing time of possession functionally the, the issue isn't time of possession. It's, it's the number of drives that go three and out four and out, yeah. you know, and, and you can go slower. And instead of taking 49 seconds, that drive will take Walt Bell said this this week, you can go slower. And instead of taking 49 seconds, that drive will take 125 seconds. Right. And that, that won't really make that much of a difference. And you can stay at the same. I mean, never mind the fact that like you have to play at this pace, this offense was built to play at this pace yeah. specifically. Um, you can't just, you can't just change that overnight. Um, but the, the, the difference between three plays, 50 seconds and three plays a hundred, you know, a minute and 20 seconds is not going to make much for your defense. It's the difference between, you know, six plays a minute and 50 seconds and three plays 50 seconds. Right. It's, it's the, and, and then also flipping field position or getting a field goal on the board or whatever, something like that. And then 
And then, you know, the six play drives as you build across the course of the game becoming eight, nine, 12 play drives. That's the issue. This offense is just not functioning well, and that's not helping the defense either. And so, listen, all this stuff, it's hardly groundbreaking, but this is how you wind up three and five after starting three and oh. I mean, it's just, that's just the reality of it. There is, there is an extent to which football, like all other sports, can be reduced to some pretty simple terms. If you don't block, you can't score. If you don't tackle, you can't stop. And Indiana's just not been good enough in those areas the last, what, month and a half. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us, breaking down uh, Indiana, getting us some inside information into what to expect coming up this weekend. Appreciate your time. Uh, just quick old, uh, last segment here. I want to talk about your thoughts of the game coming up, how you see things going, and what do you see from Penn State when you look at, the, at this team, you know, given their record so far and the record against the opponents that people care about? Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, first of all, to like Penn State specifically – because Indiana has had some success in the past, even in games where like, I would say he's played well, like the, the game in 2019 in, in say college, I still thought Indiana gave Sean Clifford some trouble. Yeah. Obviously last year, he was very good against Indiana. The year before that, Indiana was very good against him. I, I do still wonder if there is an extent to which you can maybe get to Clifford. And I mean, like that's sort of harsh. I get he threw three picks last weekend, but like, we're still talking about a guy I'm looking at his numbers right now. That's thrown for, in excess of 650 yards and four touchdowns in the last two weeks. Like he's still a very good quarterback, um, you know, but it, it, again, that's what this defense is designed to do. It is designed to cause trouble and, and, and allow for the possibility of, you know, I mean, like his line against Ohio state, like 371 yards, three touchdowns. It reminds me of Indiana against Ohio state in 2020, where Justin Fields threw for like three Oh six and three scores, but also three picks. And he got sacked three or four times and he almost got sacked a couple more and Indiana stayed in that game because even though Justin Fields kind of got his, he also, they forced him into enough mistakes that gave Indiana those chances too. the problem I have with, with this game, with any game, and I'm not trying to be overly pessimistic about Indiana, but listen, they've lost five games in a row. um, And, and to certainly worse teams than this one is even when the defense has created those opportunities, it hasn't, it hasn't meant much, you know, and nobody was trying to hurt Talia Tagovailoa in that Maryland game. He just took an awkward fall, but like when this arguably the second best quarterback in the big 10, whose offense is built completely and entirely around him yep. goes out in the fourth quarter and you're leading and you get the ball back. You can't lose that game. I mean, you just like it. And it's, again, it's no one was cheering that Talia Tagovailoa got hurt, but you just you can't lose that game. You can't yeah. you can't you can't have the ball with the lead in the fourth quarter at home against that Maryland in that situation and lose. And that's just kind of reflective of, of where this team is. The offense couldn't put it away. The defense couldn't put it away, despite the fact that Maryland showed absolutely no interest in throwing the ball with their backup quarterback. They just ran downhill over and over and over again. That must have been but, alien to see. Like just seeing yeah, Maryland run the ball. Yeah. But when you but when you lose that way without wanting to be, you know, too deep thoughtsy or whatever, when you lose that way, that tends to suggest that it's not just scheme or talent. That that there's just there, there are some intangibles there that you just don't have that you can't find. And so until this team can show, you know, a little bit of both, like a little bit of the X's and O's, and a little bit of just the the the, the, the you know sort of the the fortitude, the stuff it's hard to look at a Penn state and Ohio. I mean, even a Michigan state, frankly, and I know they're a mess right now too, but 
um, it's hard to look at a, any team, this any game this team plays, and feel like they're they're you know there's an obvious path to them winning. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star once again. Thanks for coming on the show. And by the way, thanks to uh, your son, Eamon. He was under the weather today, from what I understand. And I think given the circumstances, he played a gutsy performance today. Appreciate him yeah, as much as you. I don't think podcasting is this thing based on his inability to stay awake. <laughs> well, yeah, we were we were so soothing. We put him back to sleep. So That's thanks correct. for your time today and uh, good luck this weekend. And we'll be uh, checking in, seeing how everything goes on Saturday. OK, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's it today for the BWI Daily Edition, the official preview coming up tomorrow with Sean Fitz and Nate Bauer Thursday. We're going to be doing that show live. Our Monday live show got canceled because Halloween and being dads is a thing. Just kidding. I love it. Uh, we'll be doing the live show on Thursday, so join us. That is 8 p.m. tomorrow on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.